I'm Taylor, and this is the Hopeless Sports Magic Podcast. All right, everyone, welcome into episode 20 of the Hopeless Sports Magic Podcast. I'm your host, Taylor. And today, I'm going to talk about what I expect to see from the Georgia Bulldogs coming into the COVID 2020 season. And I'm also going to give a little bit of a preview for their week one opponent, who is the Arkansas Razorbacks. We'll just jump right in here. So the first thing I want to look for out of the Bulldogs this year is the emergence of Aziz Ojolari as one of the top edge rushers in the game. I think that he's going to be a big-time difference maker for this team down the stretch, going to be able to constantly affect the passing game against key opponents like Alabama, like Florida. I mean, he already made some big plays against Kyle Trask in last year's Florida game, and given that he's got a lot more experience under his belt coming into this season, I think that we're going to see him really take the next step coming in and be one of the top pass rushers in the game, like I said. Um, they'll have him, this will be a, his sophomore season. So we'll have him for this year and obviously next year. So it's just crazy to think about how effective he was coming in last year as just a true freshman and just the raw, uh, athleticism and build that this guy comes in with. And I think given this off season, he's going to look a little bit more polished and be able to have a better understanding of how to use his hands, uh, work angles, that kind of thing. Just stuff that comes with time in practice and playing in-game action in the college game. So Aziz Ojolari, I think, has a really good chance to become the MVP of the defense for this 2020 season. Next up, the biggest question mark, I think, obviously coming in given the fact that there was all these precautions needed with COVID and teams not really getting spring practice or getting a lot of time to work is going to be the chemistry within the passing game. And on top of that, with the question mark as to who the starting quarterback is going to be, although given how Kirby has handled the media and how the uh, media has been able to what little amount of tape they've been able to get and what they've seen through Twitter and social media. It's looking like Dwan Mathis is going to be the starting quarterback for Georgia for week one. Um, The chemistry questions come along with not just losing um, Jake Fromm as the starting quarterback and losing some of that veteran experience, but also losing Lawrence Cager, who, Although he wasn't the leading receiver, um, that's mainly due to the fact that he was only able to play in eight games due to numerous uh, injuries. And he came up with 33 catches for 476 yards and in the, those eight games that he played. But I think it's more about just he was the reliable guy. He was Jake's go-to in those third and long situations where teams were sticking eight in the box, sticking nine in the box and daring Georgia to throw the ball. He was nine times out of 10, the guy that Jake was going to when he needed those pivotal throws to be made. And that showed in how 
Lawrence made multiple key first down conversions against Florida and, of course, the long touchdown play, which I think, looking back on it, was just the dagger for Florida in that game, really kind of knocked the wind out of them and they were never able to fully recover coming into the later part of that game. And also given that George Pickens was still a true freshman, still learning the college game somewhat at that point. Cager really had to fill in the gaps for George and the rest of the receiving core coming in. Now, um, I think George is definitely going to step up given that Jamar Chase is opting out of this season. I think there's actually a decent chance that George can become a Bolitnikoff Award finalist. Um, under this new offensive coordinator, Todd Monken, it seems like this team is going to get a bit more passing game driven. Dewan Mathis certainly has the uh, skill set and has apparently been learning the offense at a very effective rate, really stood out even among grad transfers like Jamie Newman and uh, transfer waiver guys like JT Daniel. He's been there as one of the... Um, front runners for the starting job throughout the whole offseason and it's looking like he's going to be the guy coming in to start the season so I think um, given that he's really been able to step up in that situation I think we're going to see some Im improvements in the passing game coming into this season um, at least um, compared to some of the other teams in the country I think we'll be at a bit of an advantage just because of the fact that everybody has been limited due to the COVID precautions taken, including um, especially Notre Dame, who had to cancel practice, I believe, for the remainder of this week yesterday after multiple players tested positive for uh, COVID-19. So any way that any bit of practice, any bit of time that these guys get prior to the start of the season, and especially given the fact that the SEC had a later start, I think is going to play to an advantage for Georgia. Um, kind of cancel out some of the stuff with having a redshirt freshman most likely start a quarterback and having a lot of young receivers getting a majority of the targets coming into this season. Another thing I want to talk about coming into this season, and I feel like this is probably the third time or so that this has come up in each year, um, that Georgia fans have really wanted to see partially because of the namesake is the effectiveness and the usage of James Cook coming into this season. Todd Monken has been uh, obviously an effective coordinator at the NFL level, uh, including the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and is going to really use a true pro-style offense for this team. And th I think that's going to be able to allow some of these guys with unique and underutilized skill sets to really be effective coming into this season. I think that James Cook, I really hope that this is the year that he becomes not just a gadget player, as we've seen in previous seasons, but a true integral part of this offense. I think this is a great opportunity to have to use him and Zamir White as a one-two punch, maybe possibly have them both lined up in the backfield alongside Mathis and use Mathis's dual threat capabilities to work the read option, even the triple option out of the shotgun. 
You can line cook up in the slot on the outside. Uh, there's just so many endless possibilities that they can use Cook's skill set that I think you're just hurting your yourself if you're not at least going to try to use that. And even if it doesn't necessarily work on those individual plays, it's still giving the defense something to look at something to watch on film something that's distracting them from something else that you can set up in the long run to really win these games in the third and fourth quarter where georgia does a lot of their damage after wearing down everybody with this running game and just given the i don't want to assume that james is exactly like his brother Dalvin, who of course is the uh, Pro Bowl running back for the Minnesota Vikings, who just signed a massive contract extension. But given the bloodline being there, there's got to be some similarities in their game. I mean, they both show that kind of burst up the field when they get to the second level of defense. So I think if teams are focused on that kind of power running, move the chains, physical running style that uh, Zeus has, that it can make it even easier for Cook to break off some big plays because that's what this Georgia offense was really lacking in this past season was not really having that big play capability. I mean, the pass to Lawrence Cager, which was honestly a complete, just a blown coverage on Florida's part, was the first pass play over 40 yards for Georgia that season. It was the first time that they had really shown some true quick strike capabilities in the uh, offense on the offensive side of the ball. And that just means that you're having a lot of pressure on your receivers on your defense, because you have to, that's you're forcing yourself to move methodically down the field. That's a lot more opportunities that you're giving the other team to capitalize on your mistakes when you have to run a play effectively run effective plays eight to nine times a drive rather than being able to just strike that quickly. It's the only, the only true positive that comes from that is time of possession. But I think given just the physicality that Georgia displays on both sides of the ball, then you don't really need an extreme amount of time of possession to make that be a factor coming into this season and against the, a lot of the opponents that George is going to face, even in, even in this sec only schedule. Another guy that I really want to look at as a guy that's going to break out this season is Demetrius Robertson. Um, the former Cal Berkeley transfer has shown flashes of his capabilities at times, similar to James cook. Um, in the SEC championship game, had a couple key drops, um, really didn't seem like he was ready to take over as a key receiver after Pickens was suspended for the first half of that game and Lawrence Cater had his suspension, but he's we've gotten a lot of positive feedback from uh, Kirby, given that this is D Rob's senior year, given that he's really had to step up and take a leadership role this season. So I really hope that he can be a guy that can be that 
key second receiver besides George Pickens, and they can really play off of each other with George being able to use his length and his kind of possession style receiver and allow Demetrius to create those big plays over the top and really make them have to respect the other, the defense have to respect the other side of the field because you know, he's going to get those opportunities because even as a true freshman teams were giving George double teams and always making sure that there's safety help over the top. So there's just, I think you're, a key factor is going to have to be setting up not only one-on-ones for George for him to make plays, but Demetrius is also going to have to get some one-on-ones and be able to win those battles because this is, I mean, this is an SEC only schedule this year. So you're going to have to take advantage of the opportunities you get. You can't afford to drop wide open bombs down the field that should be guaranteed touchdowns like we saw early on in the SEC championship game. And given that Dominic Blaylock re-injured his knee um, and is going to be out for this season, there's that's another uh, guy that Demetrius has to really step up and kind of take the place of. I mean, some of it, I do expect Kiaris Jackson to also be a pivotal player, especially as a slot receiver and kind of be that, dynamic guy in the middle of the field but there still is there's a much bigger workload and there's a lot higher expectations for d-rob coming into this season and he's got he's he has to fill those shoes if georgia wants to be successful coming into this season now to shift gears a little bit we're going to talk about uga's week one opponent the arkansas razorbacks So the Arkansas Razorbacks have had two uh, forgetful seasons under Chad Morris, who has been replaced by Sam Pittman. They went two and 10 both seasons Uh, this past year. uh, The only two wins they had came against Portland State and Colorado State. They've gone 0 and 16 in SEC play in the last two years. And it just doesn't do them justice that they're in the West as well. So they've got to go up against the Auburns, the Alabamas, and the LSUs year every year. And um, they just didn't really get, they couldn't really get much going um, under Chad Morris. And that's why um, they were replaced by former UGA offensive line coach Sam Pittman, who is coming in to Fayetteville as the new head coach in his first year. Um, There are some guys that have transferred in um, and some guys that have left. Um, Notable coming in transfer transfer is Felipe Franks, who we recognize that name. That's the former Florida quarterback that's since been replaced by Kyle Trask under Dan Mullen. And there's been a bit of a quarterback battle there but it's looking like franks is going to be the starting quarterback um he might look a little different coming into this new offense obviously but a lot of uh georgia players especially eric stokes have mentioned how they've been using some of the film against him uh that they have on him when he was at florida to help prepare for this week and there's possibly going to be curveballs, but it's looking like that's the main basis for how they're getting the scouting report on him. But the guy I'm mainly worried about um, 
if there's anybody to worry about on this Arkansas team is their running back, Rakeem Boyd. Now, this guy doesn't get a lot of attention, isn't really a household name because of playing on a team that's won four games in the last two years. But this guy is definitely he's probably going to be an NFL talent. Um, a lot of the mock drafts have him projected as a third round pick in the 2021 draft. He's coming into now his senior season, um, former last chance U player. Had eleven over 1,100 yards rushing last year and eight scores and a lot of, of huge runs, a lot of big plays. This guy is the definition of a home run hitter when it comes to running backs. Um, had an 86-yard run. That was his longest. 49-yard score against Kentucky. 75-yard score. 56-yard score. Just when this guy is getting in the end zone, he's running through a lot of green grass to get there and the closest comp i guess i could say um given his he's kind of a really he's really a one cut back um is raheem mostert of the san francisco 49ers they both have a similar ability to once they see that hole they're really able to hit it hard he's not the most patient runner in the world but when that hole is there he definitely takes advantage of him uh you're not going to see a lot of guys in the secondary catch up to him. So it'll be very key for Georgia's linebackers, Monty Rice, Nicobe Dean, those guys to make sure they don't overplay the run and they make sure that they don't hit the wrong gaps in their assignments. And they just got to stay disciplined in the running lanes and keep him from, uh, I guess, hitting a burst and being able to make something happen in the open field. Um, I think they're really going to go. Arkansas is really going to depend on him a lot this season, given some of the question marks at quarterback. I think Felipe Franks is an improvement over the constant back and forth that Arkansas had last season. But still, I mean, when you're being replaced by Kyle Trask at Florida, then you're clearly not doing something right. And Georgia in previous games against Felipe has really had his number in that game especially in 2017 that was one of the most lopsided games in that rivalry's history and Felipe was just off his game there was constant pressure some of that's just due to the ferocity of the uh, Georgia front seven with Davin Bellamy and Roquan and Lorenzo Carter just all those NFL guys but um, I don't think there's going to be a lot of stability there um he's probably not there's going to be a lot of pressure again i mean it's a first year head coach in a covid season where you're not really going to get the reps in you're not gonna have the opportunity to really gel with those incoming transfer guys with the guys that have stayed and you're going to have a lot of young players when those veteran guys that morris was able to recruit are going to most likely leave and go somewhere else so just a lot of these factors um all together I think you're going to see a lot of sloppy play. You're going to look at, it's going to make Georgia's defense look even better than they already are, which um, at times seems kind of impossible, but it's going to really take a lot. The the, the eye test for this game is going to be really, really strict because you're going to be handed a lot of opportunities to make big plays, to capitalize on those mistakes when you're facing an offense that really, um, 
isn't going to have that kind of chemistry, especially in week one of a season to begin with, much less in a COVID season. So the main thing I'm going to look for is getting pressure on the quarterback, obviously, with Ojolari and Jordan Davis and those guys, and also just the discipline from the linebackers and the secondary guys like Lewis Cena and guys like Nicobe Dean who were used more as platoon players didn't really get a lot of consistent snaps coming into this year we do have Monty Rice coming back as a veteran leader on that defense and Richard LeCount who I think is that's the biggest positive biggest factor that he for this defense that he's returning really it's just been a big game player uh his whole career at Georgia and really provides that veteran presence, especially in the back end as football, as college football becomes more and more passing game driven. That's really going to pay dividends, I think, down the stretch in an SEC only schedule. But just to really sum it up, Rakeem Boyd is a game breaker NFL prospect. Don't let him get into open space and Use that opportunity when you've held him back in the running game. When it's those third and longs, you got to execute. You have to get the Arkansas offense off the field on third down. So I really want to see. I really want to see a lot of pressure. I want to see Kirby sticking guys at the line of scrimmage. I don't like almost, almost in a way that Georgia has enough talent on this defense. At this point in the season, I don't even want them to disguise a lot of this pressure. I mean, you the not only are we going to have a lot of, uh, not only are we just going to be able to out-talent Arkansas in this game, I think, but given the COVID-related season, I just see a lot of opportunities for things to go wrong if you run a complicated stunt, if you run something that has a lot of moving parts, there's just more opportunities for the defense to go wrong and for there to be blown coverage and big plays given up. So I really want to see an aggressive but simplified defense in order to stop this Arkansas offensive attack. And um, I really don't, there's not really much to talk about as far as Arkansas on the defensive side of the ball, um, Sam Pittman has talked about them being um, aggressive, especially with the front seven, because, I mean, it's Georgia. They're a power running team. That's been the identity. Pittman knows that identity from being the offensive line coach for uh, a num- number of years at Georgia. So um, I think, I mean, there's the always the question of, what's the first play of the season going to be? And it's like, it's Georgia. You're going to be, it's going to be a run up the middle. Not really a fan of that philosophy, but I guess it's kind of a pride thing at this point. You're going to see a run up the middle from Georgia. I'd like to see a power sweep, something a little, a little bit, I guess a two, two step, a little bit more than one step, not too simple, but you also don't want to get overly complicated when you have the physical front that Georgia has had pretty consistently um there is a young offensive line the uh i guess the quarterback of the offensive line center is trey hill who's got the veteran experience um i really it's going to be interesting to see what we're going to see at um guard especially with um cade mays transferring to uh knoxville to play for tennessee and getting immediate eligibility 
there as well. Um, similar to the quarterback situation, Kirby hasn't really revealed who he anticipates to start there. Um, there's a lot of guys. Owen Conyers has been a guy that's come up as very likely to start at left guard, but it's just this this is a little it's different than I guess the wide receiver situation or the quarterback situation. Year in and year out, Georgia's consistently shown dominance in the trenches. So I know that whoever is coming in, I think you're gonna see solid play. You're gonna see really um fundamentally fundamentally sound play. Um there's just been so much consistency on that end on the offensive line that there's just a lot less to worry about to me compared to something like the quarterback situation or the receiver situation where there's been continual struggles coming in, especially last year, given the inexperience, especially with the receiving core. But I mean, at the end of the day, this is Arkansas and a COVID season with a first-year head coach. So I look for Georgia to come out a little bit sloppy, but be able to win handedly. Defense puts on a show. I'm going to go with a 28-3 to final. I think we're going to see a little bit of the taking the foot off the gas towards the end of the game just because of, I mean, Pittman being... Uh, most likely friends with the coaching staff and um, you don't want to be too risky or show too much. You don't want to reveal too much, especially in this season where teams are going to want to get their hands on any kind of film that you can have. So final score, I know Falcons fans are going to die inside a little bit every time I say it, but 28 to three. And this game is going to be for those looking for a TV schedule, it's going to be on at four o'clock on Saturday on the SEC network. I pray to God that we don't have Beth Mullins calling this game, or I might have to watch it on mute, but that's another conversation for another day. So that concludes this episode of the hopeless sports magic podcast. Remember to follow the podcast on Instagram and Twitter at sports on Twitter and at hopeless sports on Instagram. And be sure to find any platform you want to listen to it on. Um, available on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Breaker, and a few other platforms. Um, thanks so much, and go dogs and go Atlanta. <laughs>